0: I thought for humor this morning, I know this will be somewhat abbreviated, but uh, I thought for humor I'd pull like six or seven pages out of my Bible, and whenever I sat them down there, I'd tell you to, you know, lock and load, we'll be here for a while, and you know, but I've learned over the years, there's something about Tennesseans, they love you, but they're going to do what they need to do, so (laughs) if I want to sit here and talk, you know, I can talk all I want to, but. Anyway, I do appreciate it. However, I will tell you, in the process of coming to Tennessee, nobody told me it was going to get this cold here. <laughs> and now, now everybody's like, oh, this isn't normal. This isn't normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they all say. But anyway, no, no. I am still very much in love with this great state and especially you as men and women of God. Um, this morning, before we begin, and you'll see kind of the direction of where we're going with the message and of course we're going to be dealing with the Christmas story again but I would like to ask you just in your hearts and minds there are many things this year that Jesus Christ has done in our lives and there are many things that we've shared I guess you would say with other people and there are some things that we have not shared some things we just share with Jesus but today okay no we don't have to run microphones everywhere I just want to ask for maybe one two three at the most is there anyone here today that would like to stand up and give a testimony a word of thanks just of adoration to our lord and savior jesus christ this is your opportunity if you would like to stand up and share something is there anyone here today that would like to do so don't everybody hop at once go ahead my lady Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Mr. Keith Grandstaff's going to outlive us all. How many times did they try to bring you down in the war? How many times was it? Three times. And they tried to bang you up, tear you up, tore you apart and everything else. They just couldn't kill you no matter what they did. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone else today? One or two more. One or two more. Okay, okay. we'll start here and then we'll go to you. Let's see, right over here, my lady. Amen. Amen. I don't know if everybody heard that, but she says, I want to thank Jesus for saving me. For saving me. For this church, yes. But for saving me. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Forty people in in c r absolutely as a matter of fact, I walked by there. I mean, it was like standing room only. That was good. I tell you what one more, if somebody wants to, one more, and then we'll get started because I know everybody's saying that the, the, the Christmas goose is burnt, so so okay. Absolutely. For your church and also for healing you. And Miss Corbett, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, oh well, yes. You pray you praise standing on your head if you want to. Praise is always in order. <laughs> Amen. 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 Yeah. everybody is a testimony. Everybody sitting in, in this church is a testimony. If you belong to Jesus, you are a walking testimony of the goodness and the grace of God. And, and also a message and a testimony that everybody needs to hear. Somebody might say, well, you know, my testimony isn't as dramatic as, as another person's." Listen, The fact is, is regardless of where you've walked, whether people may think that that story is, oh my goodness, where have you been? No, the fact is, is that I was without Christ. I was lost in my sins and Jesus loved me enough to die for my sins. And people, that is a precious and powerful testimony. So today, if you would like, you could turn your Bibles. I told them they didn't have to put anything on the screens because you probably should have this memorized by now because we've done it at least three times in this church, but this comes from the Gospel of Luke, and we will be in chapter 2. And this is indeed the Christmas story, but there's a part of it that a lot of people usually pull out. As a matter of fact, the Christmas songs that we were singing today also address this. But, I want, you know, it's more of a thought today I want to hit you with. God bless the reading of his words. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And the Word of God says this, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the house of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David which makes his son of the lineage of David as well. And we know that Christ will sit upon the throne of David forever. But he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, that the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, This is why I'm here is why he's telling them. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is called Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the multitude of the heavenly host praising and saying, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men." God bless the reading of His Word. You know, when you read this story, just briefly before we get into the meat of what we're going to be talking about, did you catch that? There is born to you in the city of David a Savior, who is called Christ, the Lord. Every prophet, and I'm talking about going back to, to Moses, and actually even going back into Abraham. But whenever you look at the scriptures, there was always a hope. A hope that was given that one day, a prophet like Moses, one day, this anointed one, that's what Christ means, anointed one. That's what in Hebrew, the Messiah, Mashiach, that's what it means, an anointed one. That is, this one is anointed by God. The Spirit of God will abide upon him. And this one will come, and he is going to deliver his people, his people, not just Jewish people, although that is who it was talking about at the time, but in Christ Jesus, every nation, kindred, and tongue, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord. Those that would repent and put their faith in Jesus Christ would be saved. But this Christ, this anointed one, would come and rule forever. And that people one day would no longer have to ask about the Lord, but everyone would know God. That is, God would live in every human being. So whenever they heard this, this is the fulfillment, that this one that should come, all that the scripture promised, all that Israel is holding sacred there, has now come. But here is the strange twist to it. We might say, yes, he was born in Bethlehem in the city of David. Indeed. Indeed. But think about it, nobody truly understood. It was something that was a mystery. It was something that was in the heart of God that God would send his son. That is, God would wrap himself up in flesh that he was going to be the one that would come and save his people. That is, when God looked at you and me, and I'm not preaching pie in the sky. I'm saying this, that God, whenever he created you, that God in that love with which he created you, it wasn't because he was lonely. It wasn't because of some other touchy, feely reason. The truth is, is God in himself looked down and saw you and I, the human creature, and he decided to create you and I in his image, a special creation, and he loved you and me. And even in our rebellion, even in our sin, God was not petty like a human, that he would take the human being and that because he sinned and because he failed, he threw him away. That does not mean that there is not consequence for sin. You do realize that the reason why we die today is because there is a wage of sin, which is death. But death is no longer the end. As a matter of fact, in Christ Jesus, Jesus said, He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he that believes in me and is alive will never see death. You, because of Christ Jesus, yes, your body may fade, but you will never, you will never see death because you belong to Jesus. Jesus said, because I live, you shall live also. And whenever we look at Jesus and we see him coming and we talk about the Christmas story, it's a glorious, it's a wonderful event. It is awing that God would love us in such a way. It is awing. Even though God is keeping his children, God is keeping his son, just like God keeps you and me. But the fact is that he would entrust his son to you and me, human beings. That he would live in a world that would be cruel to him that would reject him, though many would receive him. That he would allow his son to suffer, to believe, to hurt, to die. People, that's on an entirely different level of the goodness and the graciousness of God. But here's the, I guess, a rub for me. Whenever it comes to Jesus Christ, and we talk about the gift of God, that God gave his son, especially around this time of year, one of the problems is that the gift of Jesus Christ is kind of half open. I want you to think about that for a minute. It's half open. Now, people, I'm not here to debate whether somebody is saved or unsaved or or try to put twists on this, that, and the other. That's a Jesus thing. If you've repented of your sins and you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are saved, okay? That's not, as far as who gets to go to heaven and who doesn't, that's his determination. I simply proclaim what the scripture says as best that God will enable me to do so. But I do want you to understand this. There's a lot of people that look at Jesus and they want just enough of Jesus. They want to open up just enough of that gift to where they say, okay, I've got fire insurance. I don't want to go to hell. And as long as I've got just enough of Jesus to keep me out of hell, I'm okay with that. I'm fine. The only problem is that doesn't work, people doesn't work. You can't just say, Jesus, I want enough of you to where I don't have any consequences of my sins, but I have no intention of not sinning. I have no intention of changing my life. People, that's not repentance. And that is not worship. Listen to me again. So many times we forget that he is God. We say God, but we don't honor him as God. We don't bow before him. We don't, uh, uh, this life that he has given to us, we don't surrender it to him. And you know what's sad about that is even if there was a time that we did so, and let's say we have uh, backslidden. I know that that's kind of a buzzword, but let's say we don't walk with him like we should or ought to. People, we are so much missing the abundant life that God wishes for us. We must learn how to repent and worship again. Now, I've heard people say to me, well, Shane, I repented of my sins X amount of years ago. And? Well, you know, I got rid of all my sins a long time (laughs) ago. Okay, hold on. (laughs) Let me work with you for just a minute. Okay, so you haven't sinned since that time? Well, 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 Jesus saves once for all. Of course, his sacrifice is once for all. But the attitude of repentance, the heart of repentance, never ceases from a heart that recognizes what Jesus Christ did for them. The fact is, is when you see Jesus upon that cross, if you say, I said my little prayer, I did my little thing once again, we've missed it. Salvation may have begun that day. But my salvation continues every single day. I might have repented that day, but I continue to repent every single day. People, whether I know of a blaring sin in my life that day, and and trust me, uh, I do have my sins. But whether I know of one or not, It still does not change the goodness and the grace of God that gave Jesus Christ for me and it does not change the fact that he is worthy of worship every single day. We've got, and I want to be careful because I'm trying, I'm not interested in meddling. I want to share the good news of Jesus Christ. But there are so many places in this world, so many pseudo- gospels that are preached out there today that you know you you come into the church and i'm going to tell you one of the most vicious lies that is out there today and this isn't being ugly and this is not trying to be condemnatory i just want you to listen to this for a minute there are so many fellowships that they get together and so long as we are being good we're being nice to each other and we gather together and we fellowship everything's fine that's not a church Okay, that's that's a a group, a a small group, if you will. That's a group of people getting together, almost like a fraternal organization. We get together, we can do a lot. There's a lot of organizations out there that do good. Jesus Christ is the difference. And the fact is, is whenever he is our heart, Whenever he is at the center of everything, whenever he is not only the center but the foundation upon which everything else in our lives is built, then we know life, then we experience life, then we begin opening up the package. And I know that that seems kind of like a simple illustration, but it's true. How many of you can imagine today, if you haven't done it already, you see a young person in particular that has wanted a toy desperately, and then they begin to open it up. Now, when I was a kid, now don't judge me, but when I was a kid, it was Spider-Man. Spider-Man was the greatest thing that had ever touched the earth next to Jesus. He is? What? Spider-Man? Who's got Spider-Man? What was it? What? Oh, he was? Spider-Man? Man's Oh, God bless you, boy. i tell you what, I'm proud of you. Whatever you receive today, may it be, okay, I'm not going to say that because the parents are looking at me like, if you say deviled, I will hit you. (laughs) So anyway, but imagine I opened up my gift and I saw the head of Spider-Man, I was like, woo, Spider-Man, and I throw the gift to the side. I didn't really want that gift, did I? Why would we leave Jesus, his grace, his love, his mercy, all of that? why would we just go and peek in the door and see him in the manger and say, that's enough? It's not enough. Listen to me. It's not enough to just say, okay, there, okay we got the, the manger scene that's over here, you know, the nativity. But it's not enough just to peek behind the curtain and just say, hey, I, I've caught a glimpse of it and I've done it. You know, the only thing that a glimpse of Jesus has done for me is make me crave more. I want more. And I don't want to just settle for just living a so-called good life. Because I found that on my own, without Jesus, I'm not good saints. I'm not a good person. But I found with Jesus, he is holy and completely good. And you know, we were watching this video. You know, with the Christmas tree, and it was a beautiful... Uh, illustration of christmas and loving by actions but i want you to think about this we have an entire bible even the story that we've we've just read but we have this collection of stories and if we even just we can look at the old testament just the new testament for that matter we hear these stories about jesus and we are awed by them we're awed about the different things that jesus did the way he loved people the way he received people You know, even the have-nots and the rejects and the sick, the infirmed, whoever they may be, those people that might have sinned and done certain things that we would say, no, we can't have those people around us. We don't want them here. And you say, well, Shane, where is that in the Bible? You remember the woman that the Bible says, quote, unquote, this is how she is described. She is a sinner. Jesus would have nothing to do with her if he knew who she really was. And yet Jesus received her. What about the leper? What about those that were not supposed to get close to people? What about those that had to announce who they were and their disease before him, before they even came to Jesus? And what do we see Jesus doing? You know, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Well, we hear these stories. We hear Jesus looking at him. We hear Jesus stretching out his hand saying, What do you mean if I will? Of course I will. Be healed, be clean, and he would restore them, and he would do it. And we hear these stories, and we're like, awesome, awesome, awesome. But do you realize that the book of Acts and you and I today are a continuation of that same good news of great joy that is to be to all people? It didn't just stop on Christmas morning or as we celebrate this time of year Christmas, but it doesn't stop. It didn't end there. Jesus didn't just lay in a manger. Jesus grew in wisdom. And the power of God rested upon him. And we see at the baptism, the, the triune God, the Father speaking from heaven, the Holy Spirit resting upon him. We see Jesus going out there and the kingdom of God, coming in power. And we see as Jesus, and even those who would trust and listen to him as they would go about, they took that good tiding of great joy that would be to all people. They took Jesus everywhere they went. And even today, people, it's so true. You saw it. You say, well, that was fictitious in the sense that this was filmed and they put this together. But the thought, the principle, is still true. And I'll guarantee you that Christ has done that many times in many other ways. How many times have we invited people? How many times have we talked to people? How many times have we ministered to people? Yes, yes, and yes. The fact is, and I guess... And all of this that I'm sharing is that the gift must be completely open. And Jesus Christ is not going to partially live in your life. He is not partially Lord. Jesus Christ is just that. He is your Lord. He is your Savior. He is your God. And if he lives in you, he needs to sit upon the throne of your life. Jesus Christ, whenever he comes in, he doesn't need to sit in the corner. He doesn't need to be pushed to the side someplace. When Jesus Christ comes in, where you were sitting, you need to get up. Listen to me again. Where you were sitting, that throne in your life where you're the master, you get up. He sits on the throne of your life, and now he changes and makes you into a new creation made after Him in His image, in His glory. And then He empowers you by His Spirit to go. As my Father has sent me, so now I am sending you. And then we go in that Spirit. And wherever we go, we take those good tidings of great joy that will be to all people. We still take that gift today. And don't ever let it be just a story in the Bible. May we live that story out today. May wherever we go and the people that we encounter on a daily basis, whether it be our jobs, whether it be at the grocery store, whether it be in casual conversation, whether it be in the course of ministry, people need Jesus. And people need to yield to Jesus too. I pray today that this Christmas, as you gather together with your family, may you be kind, may you be loving, but may you share Jesus. May you open up that gift in front of everyone, and may they experience the good tidings of great joy to all people. Amen? All right. That being said, I tell you what, let's, let's do this. I can't not do it. I can't not. Joy, if you'd come and the musicians come, I can't. I can't not. i can not not i got to have an altar service, people. We're Baptists. As a matter of fact, uh, yeah, we've got to take up another offering, too. That's right. If we had chicken right now, it would seal the deal but we're going to open up in this sense whether you come to the altars the altars will be open in just a moment you don't need a special invitation there's room to my left room to my right stand kneel you can sit on the front row doesn't matter but the altars will be open for this for you to be able to respond in your heart to christ jesus now whether you come or not does not mean that you can't respond it means today Tell him that you love him. You've probably already done that. But let him know that this isn't just another day, that this isn't just another Christmas, that today, Jesus Christ, you are all in all. We love you and thank you for loving us. Let us once again surrender our lives to him in Jesus, Jesus' name. If everybody would please stand. The altars are open for you and then I'll pray. Come as the Lord leads. Praise the Lord. Merry Christmas. If you have any food left over, mail it to 101 Knob Hill Drive, right here in Bristol, Tennessee, and it will get to us, I promise you. The Lord's blessing upon you all. May we love you, Lord, in a sincere and pure heart. Father, forgive us, and Father, empower us. May you be glorified above anything and everything in our lives. You shine, Jesus. Love you, God. Jesus' name. Amen. Love somebody before you leave.